guys have heard his name a couple times already. Um, Adam came back. I asked him if he'd come back, and he said he would. And, and Adam, for those of you that don't know, he was um, with me when I first began as senior pastor here, and he came from Colorado. Uh, he and his brother slept on the floor of my bedroom. Uh, his brother's body still has an imprint in Trevin's bedroom. The carpet still has Micah's little, you know, concave rear. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just been amazing to see uh, what Adam did here, but also what he's doing in Canton. I hope you get to share a couple of stories. They just had a VBS in Canton. God's doing amazing things. They are doing some remodeling and taking some steps forward in just some amazing things. So I can't wait to hear you talk. I'm s I apologize in front of all these people that have been sick the entire time you've been here. And I just pray right now over you that not even one ounce of my sickness would touch your body, that you would go back to Canton strong, healed, mighty, even with more energy than you came here with. In the name of Jesus, amen. Would you welcome Adam, <laughs> Pastor Adam. Oh. Well, good morning. You guys doing all right? It's so good to be here to be with you, to hang out. Um, it really is good to be back this morning. Um, I, I love coming back to LifeSpring because it's like going to a family reunion, you know? You get to hang out with the people you love most, um, and, and that is exactly the way that I feel about, about you guys um, and just everything that you have meant to me uh, over these last few years. You don't even know the encouragement that I get and receive just from different ones of you just here and there. Um, and, and it means so much uh, just to know that you guys are praying and, and believing God for the very best. Um, I really do thank you for that today. Um, absolutely. Um, I got to do this. You know, Dan's been sick the whole time that I've been here. Um, and so we've been having a great time. No, we, no, we really have. <laughs> I was just kidding. We've had a great time. And he keeps feeling bad. I mean, he's feeling bad. And he's like, well, do you want to go hiking today? And I'm like, no, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. I need you to stick around for another few years, please. Um, but, but how many of you know you have one of the best pastors in all the world? Yeah, give it up. You do. You have absolutely one of the best pastors in, in all the world. See, um, any time that I get around Dan and just get to hang out with him, I mean, we're friends, obviously, uh, at our core, but, but I look up to him in so many ways. And so any time that I get to hang out with Dan, um, there's just this, this, this expectancy, this spirit of even faith um, um, that, 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 that grabs a hold of me um, just because of the man of God that he is. Uh, compassionate, genuine, I mean, you know, he's bold. He'll tell you maybe what you don't want to hear. But how you know you need somebody like that in your life? Especially a pastor. A pastor. So Dan, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning and to get to speak. You have an amazing leadership team. I got to hang out with, with, with your leadership team just for a couple hours the other night. And that's something that we don't currently have uh, there in Canton. Uh, what we do in a certain way, but it's not like your guys. And, and you guys just have some of the most phenomenal phenomenal people here in this church, so you are a very, very blessed church. You are a very blessed church. So I've been in Canton just, uh, I guess, almost a year and a half now. It does not seem like that at all. A year and a half, and, 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 and things have been going 
they've been going well. I got there, there was about 10 to 15 people in the congregation. Some of you may have heard this story before. About 10 to 15, and then two months later, half of those people left. Um, they decided they couldn't take my laugh anymore, and so they, out the door they go. Whatever the reason may have been, I don't know. But out the door they go, and so um, um, we, we started right there, and God just began to continually build, bring people in, uh, bring bring amazing people in, we, every, everybody from leaders to people who knew nothing about Jesus, and um, he's, he's continually uh, uh, doing that. We're raising up leaders there. Dan just mentioned that we had our first VBS uh, just this last week, and your very own Hope Mayer uh, was the one who put that on, uh, and she's doing incredible things. Her and Duncan, Duncan is amazing, um, and then so we put that on. It was unbelievable. Um, and, and our focus really is to reach out to the community, um, and, and, and not just to reach out to the, to the community, but be a part of the community. How many know there's a difference? There's a big difference. When we do our thing on Sunday morning, and then we reach out every couple of months, and we touch the community, I don't believe that that's what God calls us to do. I believe God calls us to be, to be involved, to be active, to be a part of the community. Just like when Jason said earlier that if we did not exist as a church, they would be wondering, where in the heck are we? We need those people here. What is going on? And so my heart and my goal is not, re, uh, outreach is a beautiful thing, absolutely, but we want to be involved in the community. And I'm not sure what all that looks like up to this point, but we're discovering it together, and God has been faithful. We, um, just this past Easter, um, we, 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 had, we had 130 people at our service Easter Sunday morning. It was, it was unbelievable. We had to add chairs and it was too hot in there because the AC can't keep up with it, uh, especially when you put the, those bodies in there. And then um, uh, we, we usually regularly we have a, somewhere between 70 and 80, and it's just a good thing that God's doing, and he's growing it. Uh, a lot of first-time believers, we've done a lot of baptisms, uh, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so, so God is doing amazing things. But can I just ask you this? Would you pray for us? Would you, would you continue to pray for us? Uh, just like any church, anywhere, we have our struggles, uh, and, and, and we have our times where, where we're wondering what is all this about, um, but we know that God is faithful in the end, amen? And he's faithful. So, so please be praying for us, um, and here's the deal, is I talk about you guys all the time, and my church is probably sick of it. I always bring it, I say, well, at LifeSpring, this is kind of how we did it, and they look at me and go, oh, another LifeSpring story. I'm like, guys, I'm trying to help here. Life spring. <laughs> so I talk about you all the time. They, they know about you. They don't know you, but they know about you. But today, let's go ahead and jump into the message. And over the summer, you guys have been talking about post-it notes from God. I think that that is a wonderful idea, um, um, that, that, that God leaves us notes uh, communicating with each one of us. How many of you know the creator of the universe, God himself, wants to, wants to communicate with you and with me? That he's not a far off, he's not a distant God, but he's, but he's very intimate and he's very real and he desires a relationship, a relationship of communication with each one of us. And so I love this idea and I also love the fact that I get to watch you guys online because Tucker Mayer is running a camera right now and I promised him I wouldn't run all over the place. But I probably will. So you've been in this series it's an awesome thing. I get to keep up and watch with you guys. But this morning, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about I love you and, and let's connect. I love you, let's connect. And here's the deal. It's not just a, 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 a nice idea, but it's a reality 
for, for, for you and for me, that God wants to connect with us. He wants to connect with us. He doesn't want to be distant. He doesn't want to be far off, but he wants to be close and he wants to be intimate with each one of us here in this room this morning. doesn't matter what background, where you came from, how you grew up. None of that matters. God sees you today for who you are, where you are, and he says, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you right where you're at. You don't have to tr- wait, wait till you get better. You don't have to wait till you get over that addiction. You don't have to wait for all these things. I want to connect with you right where you are at today. Why? Because that's the God that we serve. That is him. That is his nature. So we're going to jump into John 15. We're going to read verses 1 through 5, and, and, and you can uh, uh, come along with me. This is what it says. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, uh, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of this word. Which, you have, excuse me, which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As, I, uh, as the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And then he goes on and he says, and I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let's pray real quick. God, we thank you for the opportunity uh, just to be in this place this morning. God, we know that, that, that you have a word for us exactly where we are at. So right now, Lord Jesus, we choose to open our eyes to see you, Jesus. We choose to open our eyes to see you. We choose to, to open our ears to hear the whispering of your Holy Spirit even in this place this morning. God, we understand that we live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So we ask you to even speak to us now this morning. Father, through your word, through your spirit, Lord, we love you. We give you this time, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. I got a question for you this morning. Have you ever tried to plant and to grow anything? Yep. Yeah, right? We all probably have at some point in our life, and, and, and for me, I'm not the best at it, okay? Uh, just, just a few months ago, I had a lady in the church, sweet, sweet lady, and, and, and she plants and grows all sorts of stuff, um, um, but she gave me this, this plant. And she told me, or actually she said, go outside and pick whichever one you want. And I'm like, uh, just that one over there. I'll take that one over there. So sweet, so kind. So I said, I'll take that one. She said, oh, good, because that one doesn't need much water at all. And I thought, that's my kind of plant. It doesn't need much water. Matter of fact, you can forget about it almost uh, uh, forever, and, and, and it'll still produce. It'll still grow. It's a great plant. So I'm thinking, man, I made a good choice here. I know nothing about plants, but I know that I just picked the one that I don't have to do anything to. So here we go. We're good. So I bring it home, and I, I, I set it out on the front, the front porch area. And, and, and during this time in Texas, it's been raining, okay? It's raining, so it's getting water, and this thing's just, it's just looking beautiful. I'm like, I'm really good at this. <laughs> I come out every day, and I look at it, and it grows. I've done nothing to help it grow. And it's growing, and it's beautiful, and it's all these things. Well, we're in Texas, so eventually it's going to heat up, right? It's going to heat up a little bit. Um, and so as the plant's sitting there, obviously I, I, I forget about it and get busy with other things. And, and just about two weeks ago, I looked at the plant, um, and it's not doing so good, guys. It's not doing so good. Um, matter of fact, it's dead, okay? <laughs> it's dead. And I wouldn't tell the sweet old lady that gave it to me. I would never tell her that, but the plant's dead. 
And, 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 and here's the deal. For, for a while, it was doing great because it was being watered. I didn't have to water it. It was raining. It was being watered. It was beautiful. It was growing. All of these things were going on. And then it got hot outside, and the sun came out, and it stopped raining, right? And then it should have been my responsibility to, to, to begin to water this plant, um, but I totally forgot about it. And what ended up happening is the plant ended up withering and dying. Withering and dying away. Here's number one is I'm not good at taking care of plants. I'm just not good at it. But, but how many you know that that can be true for our lives as well? It can be so true for our lives as well. Whenever we are receiving the water, the rain, uh, 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 even of the Spirit in our lives, when we, when, when we are connected and in our Word, all these things, how many know that we are growing whether we see it or not? But when we begin to starve ourselves of those, of those things, we begin to wither and dry up. We begin to wither and dry up. John 15, 5 says that if we abide with God, we bear much fruit. If we don't, we end up withering and becoming unproductive. How many of you want to live a productive life in here? I say, yes, Lord, I want to live a productive life. And here's the thing that I see just in my life, but also other Christians' lives as well, is that we come to this point of salvation where we say yes to Jesus. We say, yes, Lord, I want the things that you have for my life. I want you to come and invade my life. I want everything that you have. And then along the way somewhere, I don't know how it happens, but, but, but we come to this point where it's just like, God, I think I'm going to try this thing out on my own. I'm, I'm just going to go for it out of my own strength, out of my own wisdom, out of my own whatever it might be, and I'm just going to travel down this road, and God, I'll call you when I need you, right? I'll give you a call when... When, when it hits the fan, <laughs> whatever it might be. But God did not ask us or call us to live that kind of lives, that somehow we try to go at it alone and out of our own strength. When I first got to Canton, Texas, here was the deal. Um, um, I got there and I was excited and scared and all these things all at the same time, right? Every emotion running through me that could run through me. And, and here's what happened. After about three weeks, I realized that I had told them everything that I knew. Not kidding you. I told them everything that I knew. Three weeks into it. I gave them everything. So for three weeks, I was hot. I was hot. And then I was like, wait a second. I don't have anything else to tell these people. Don't show up for Sunday or, 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 or church next Sunday morning. I got nothing else to share with you. I mean, you know, like, like I was done. See, what was going on is I was, I, was, I was trying to go at this thing out of my own strength, out of my own power, Right? I was trying to go out of my own strength and my own power. So three weeks into it, I realized I've got nothing else for you, Pete. We're in trouble here. Anybody else have any ideas? But God doesn't call us to live that kind of way. But here's the deal. After those three weeks, I chose to say, Jesus, this is your church. It's your church. You've called me to lead it. But it's your church, so at the end of the day, whether this thing flourishes or dies, all depends on you. And it really helped. I'm going to stay connected to you, Jesus, and we're both going to be surprised. And he's been really good and really faithful, just like he always, always is. So he calls us to abide in him. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. The word, the word abide here means to obey, to follow to hold to, to stay, or even to remain. 
I like that part, to remain, to remain in him. You see, God is saying, remain and abide with me. And this is where you will produce much fruit in your life, in me. And it's not just the fruit that, that, that is here one day and gone the next, but I believe it is a fruit that God wants to produce in each one of our lives that is a lasting fruit, that sticks around, that makes an impact not for the generation that you just live in, but even for the generations of your children, right? How many of you are into reaching the next generation? That you want to see the next generation uh, impacted even more so than, than, than you and I ever were. You see, this is the fruit that he's talking about here. That the God of the universe, the God who sent his son to die on the cross for me, wants to abide with me and he wants me to abide with him. And that is his plan from the very beginning. See, he said, don't try to go at it alone. Don't try to go at it alone. And I know just from the, the, the numbers that are in here today that there are people in this room who are trying to walk this Christian life out on your own strength. On your own strength. And it won't work. It will not work. I mean, why would we choose? It's a serious question. Why would we choose to go at it alone when we have God, the creator of the universe, who says, hey, I'm here, and I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I'm a huge basketball fan. Absolutely huge basketball fan. And, and, and I love playing pickup games. We play all the time in Canton. Uh, we, we always have a basketball game going on. I mean, I've, I've even gotten to the point where I'm like, no, I don't want to play basketball anymore. And that never happened to me. I know, guys. It's a miracle. Tim, it's not me. It's Tim, right? <laughs> but I love basketball. And, and, and this is the way that I can, it, it kind of makes sense in my mind is that, is that say I'm picking a basketball team, right? Who do you think I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick the best person that's on the court that is available at that point in time. To play with me on my team. Whether that be LeBron James. Or Michael Jordan. Or whoever it may be, right? I, I mean, I would be stupid to say, no, 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 no. I think I'm going to play one verse five against all of you. One verse five. Let's just make this thing happen. No, no, no. I'm going to pick the best available player that's on there. And this is what God is saying. He's saying, hey, looky here. I want to live and abide with you in this life. Choose me. Choose me. Why? Because I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have all these things. Don't try to go at it alone. You'll end up discouraged and mad and no one will like to hang around you. Because you'll be bitter. You won't get better. He says, no, choose me. Choose to abide in God. Abide in Him. He wants us to stay connected with Him. So how do we know that we abide with Christ, and, 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 and what is the guarantee that we abide with Christ? we got one more passage uh, of, of Scripture that we're going to read here. It's out of 1 John 4, 13 through 21. And read along with me. This, says, this, this is what it says. It says, By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Now God is love, and he, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he is, so we are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. 
We could stop right there and begin preaching, but we're going to go on. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. I mean, I don't really have to preach anymore. I could just say amen and we could go out and we could apply just that to our lives. And how many know that the Bible is active and alive and it changes us? It shapes us and it, and, and, and it propels us into everything that God has for our lives. So I just want to take four points just out of the scripture that we just read this morning. All right. What is the guarantee? How do we know that we are abiding with God and he is abiding with us? You ready for it? Number one is this, is that, is that we have his spirit, right? We have his spirit. We know that we abide in him and he in us because God has given us his spirit. Verse 13 says this, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. In other words, we have the guarantee that he abides with us and we in him because we have received the spirit of God on the inside of us. We have received the Spirit of God on the inside of us, the gift of the Holy Spirit that is working and operating in you and in me. We have that on the inside of us. We have His Spirit. Dan just got up and just shared the verse out of Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, and I will, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will put within you. And I want to stress this, that the gift of the Holy Spirit is for all believers. Everybody say all. all. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for all believers. I don't believe God picks and chooses who gets the Holy Spirit and who doesn't, right? Because that wouldn't be, that, I mean, that wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be righteous. So the gift of the Holy Spirit is for all believers and it is a gift that is given to us as believers freely. Freely. The Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. How I many you know that the, the Holy Spirit that's at work and, on, and living on the inside of us is that which overcomes the world? That's what the Bible says. Has anybody taken a look at the world recently? You turn on the news. Come on. You turn on the news and it's one tragedy. Big tragedy after the other. Huge tragedy after the other. Two weeks ago on a Thursday night in Dallas, Texas, um, some, some guy decided at a, at a BLM marching rally, um, um, some guy decided to kill, you know, five cops and injure 11. And it was all over the news, and, 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 and I mean, that's just craziness, absolute craziness. And it's on the news, and I'm watching it, and I'm sitting in my living room, and Dallas is about an hour away from where I live, and, and I, I find myself crying because, because I, it's breaking my heart knowing what humanity is trying to turn into when God promises something totally opposite and something so much better. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm praying. We have a prayer vigil at the courthouse there in Texas the next night, and Hundreds of people show up, and it's amazing, but, but I got up at church last Sunday morning, and, and, and I was as bold as I could be. I said, church, you know what the world is waiting for? Us. To, ri to rise up. To rise up. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. We are the only answer for this mess, for this chaos that is going on. There's no president that can change this. Sorry, I'm not getting political in here this morning. But, but there's, no, there's no hope in any president. There's no hope in any, in, in, in any laws, whatever we might pass. 
I said, folks, humanity, the world is waiting for Christians to be Christians. To rise up with the Spirit of God living on the inside of each one of us and say, hey, we overcome the world because he that lives on the inside of me. That's what he calls us to do. So we have this assurance that we abide with God because we have received his Holy Spirit. And I love his Spirit because it leads me and it guides me and it corrects me and it challenges me. We have that Spirit that's living on the inside of us. So here's the question. Is God's Spirit living on the inside of you this morning? Is it? Number two is this. We said yes to Jesus. We said yes to Jesus. We say we know that we abide in him and he in us because we heard the gospel and we said yes to it. 1 John 4.14 says this, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent uh, his Son to be Savior of the world. You see, as John is writing this, he's saying, this is how you will know that you abide in God and he abides with you because you have the spirit living on the inside of you, but because also you've said yes to Jesus. You have, you have seen and you have testified that, that the Father sent Jesus to the world to save it. And he's talking to each one of us here this morning. That's the cool thing about the Bible is as we read and as we journey through, he's not just talking to people 2,000 years ago, but he's talking to us exactly where we are this morning. It's just alive as it was back then. And it's our choice to respond to it or not. So we have Jesus. We have said yes to Jesus and his work in our lives. You see, what brought us to that point, or at least what brought me to that point, is I realized that I could not do this on my own, right? I didn't want to do this on my own. I knew what I was capable of doing on my own. And it was nothing pretty. It was nothing good. So I said yes to Jesus. Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm a mess. I know that I'm broken. I need you in my life. We were all in need of a Savior. And maybe some of us even here this morning, you're saying, I'm in need of that Savior today, Adam. I'm in need of that Savior today, Adam. See, but we all have to come to this point. Obviously, if we want, if we want to abide in Him and, 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 and Him abide in us, we have to come to this point where we say, yes to Jesus. And how many of you know saying yes to Jesus isn't just at the point of salvation, but it's something that we continually do as we walk with him? As we walk with him. You see, here's the deal. I thank God that when I die, I'm going to heaven, right? But I also believe at this point in time that I am on this earth for a reason, and I'm going to try my hardest and say yes to Jesus. Why? So I can bring heaven to earth right now. So I can bring his spirit. His love, His rule, His power into this earth even now. I, I'm so thankful that I get to go to heaven. But God, you have me here for a purpose right now. So I'm going to continually say yes to you. Yes to you. We have people come into the church there at Canton. And I thank God for this. Where they come in and they don't, they don't, you know, lives are messed up, obviously. Besides Jesus, we're all in trouble, Right? And they come in and, and, and they eventually, they, they say yes to Jesus and we get to baptize them. And then you get to see this transformation that takes place in their life. And you know that it can only be something that God is doing. Only something. I, you, you know that people cannot will themselves to do these things, right? These good works. 
this fruit that's being produced. Why? It's because people say yes. And when we say yes to Jesus, then God comes and he abides with us. He remains with us. And the cool part is, is that he just doesn't remain, remain with us, but we remain with him as well. It's a relationship, right? I think that's what John is talking about here. You know, he could have just said that, 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 that God will abide with you and closed it right there. Then he said, but you also abide with God. And that's twofold. That's a relationship that's talking right there. It's saying yes on both sides. So number two is we have to say yes to Jesus. Number three is this, is that we have experienced God's love. We know that we abide in him and he in us because we know and have experienced God's love. 1 John 4, 16 says this, We have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. You see, it's not merely referring to, to knowing facts, right? It's not just knowing the facts that God loves me, even though that's powerful and that's good, but that doesn't, it, it doesn't stop there. How many know that God wants us to experience his love for each one of us? He wants us to experience that love. You see, the fact part of it is amazing. Yes, God loves me. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. But when I experience that love, it means something so much more. Something so much more. You see, even more than just a fact or even a, 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 a historic detail or whatever it might be, God wants each one of us in here today to experience his love. And how many know that, that just like saying yes to Jesus, it's just not a one-time thing, but I need to, to continually experience God's love for me, right? I need to. I need to be continually experiencing God's love for me. So, so, so the third point is this, is that, that we know we abide in him and he in us because we, we have experienced the love of God, that he loves each and every one of us. And here's the deal is many Christians walk around like God is constantly mad at them. It's so true. It's so easy too that, that, that sometimes we walk around like, like God is perpetually disappointed in me. That he is mad at me. And even sometimes like, like, like we're one thing away from God just completely ending it, right? I don't know. If I do one more thing, I feel like this whole thing's done with. He is that upset at me right now. And we walk around, but, 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 but what that does is that keep, keeps us confined. It keeps us restricted. It doesn't allow, allow us the freedom that God and Christ has for each one of our lives. And so we walk around like that. And here's my thing today is I would say, stop it. Stop it. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. When you, when you became alive in Christ... You know what the Bible says? It says he's well pleased now. He is well pleased. Why? Because when God looks at me and when he looks at you this morning, he doesn't see me and he doesn't see you, but he sees his son, Jesus Christ. And he says, and I am well pleased. I am well pleased. See, when I'm in Christ and you are in Christ, we are well pleasing to God. We've experienced his love. And this love wasn't our idea, right? It wasn't our idea in the first place. We didn't think of this. 1 John 4.19 says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. The only, the only reason we're capable of loving God is because he first loved us. 
And how many know that when God began to love you, you weren't too hot? Neither was I. None of us in this room were. That when he chose to love us, we were probably still a wreck and a mess. You say, well, I didn't live this crazy life. Yeah, but apart from Jesus, anything that we do is like filthy rags to God. Why? Because he's righteous and he's holy. But when we experience that love, it changes us. When we abide in him, it changes us. And this love wasn't our, our, our idea, but it was his. You see, my brother Mark, uh, he, he does the, the, the youth there at Canton Foursquare Church, and he's growing, and he's doing amazing things. Um, they're having a good time. They just got back from camp recently, and God did unbelievable things in some of those people's lives. It was awesome. But, but my brother Mark is someone who knows that God loves them. Really. So he knows. He knows that God loves him. He has experienced the love of God. I can sit here and tell you his testimony, but, but, but he was, you know, he was, he was going for it at a certain point of his life, away from God, heading for destruction. And God got a hold of his life, and he experienced God's love. And here's the deal is that Mark today obviously still messes up. He still does things. We all do, Right? We all do things that we're not proud of. We all do things we know that, 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 that fall short of God's glory. But here's the deal. We have to choose to get up and go after it again. We have to choose to get up and repent and say, God, I'm moving forward, and I want to experience even more of your love. Why? Because I know that you abide in me, and I'm abiding in you. I know that. And that's the good part. Is he says, you know, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God desires this relationship where he says, I abide in you and you abide in me. I want to connect with you. And not, not, not just be words that someone told me one time, but be so much more than that, to be an experience where we experience this abiding presence of God in our lives. This abiding presence of God. Number four is this, is that how do we know is that we love each other. We love each other. We know that we abide in him and he in us because we love each other. Verses 20 through 21 says this, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Pretty simple, right? He is a liar, for he does not love his brother whom he has, not, not, uh, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have for him, whoever loves God must also, must also love his brother. See, anyone who does not love Know the love of God. I believe God wants us to experience that today. You see, just a word of a caution here this morning is, is love for one another is, is an evidence of our abiding with God, not the means by which we abide. Does that make sense? That, that, that loving one another is the evidence that God is abiding in us, but it's not the means by which we come to abide. We all know the means that we, which we come to abide is only through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, when I was a little kid, uh, I, had, I grew up with, with five other brothers and sisters. And so there was always something going on at our house, right? My mom and dad say that, that you know, they, 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 I can't remember what, I, what, what exactly it says, but they were never bored. You know what I'm saying? They were confused, but they were never bored. Because we were just running around in there. And it was good, but, 
But how many knows when you, when you grow up with that many brothers and sisters, eventually there's going to become uh, uh, some confrontation along the way, right? There's going to be something that goes on where two people are against each other. And my mom would always remind us, love your brother, love your sister. And I'd be like, mom, I really don't right now. You don't know what they just did. They're lying to you. They're not telling you the whole story, whatever it may be. You see, but at the end of the day, my mom didn't have to tell me to love my brothers and sisters. Why? Because it was something that I just did. That I loved them. And when, the, when a fight would happen, she would, she would remind us and tell us. But that wasn't even an imposition for us or, or, or something even new because it was something that, that was already there. I had a love for my brother and a love for my sister. You see, the point here is, 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 is not that you love your, your brother and sister that that, that, that that is the evidence that God is abiding in you. You see, we have come to abide in God by the power of His Spirit. That's the, only way that, that's the only way that that happens. It's the only way that that happens. So He calls us, He says, hey, love the people who are hardest to love. You know, there are some people in this world, it's just easy to love them, right? It's easy to get along. You just click with them, whatever it may be, and you have this mutual love for one another. But then there's these other people that just rub you absolutely the wrong way. And people are smiling in here today because it's so true. Keep that name to yourself, okay? If it's me, I apologize. But they just absolutely rub you the wrong way. How many know that God calls us to love them as well? And this love isn't just this, this, this thing where we just agree all the time, right? No, that's so superficial. That's not it. But love is this thing where we challenge each other to grow. We want the best. We encourage each other. We see things in someone's life, and, and, and we build a relationship with them. And we're able to talk with each other on a real level. And not just this level that stays up here all the time, but this real level that really penetrates the heart. God says, that's the way that I want you to love people. Even when you don't feel like it, even when it, be e when it would be easier not to, he's called us to love people. So what's the outcome, what is the outcome this morning of abiding and connecting with God? We bear much fruit. We bear much fruit. And it's fruit that remains. That is the outcome. Fruit that is remembered even long after we're gone. How many of you want that kind of fruit in your life? Hey, right now, I thank God, but, 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 but I'm, I'm also sowing for future generations as well. For future generations as well. I want fruit to be produced in my life that even my grandkids get to experience and get to eat from, right? I do. And I think God calls us to produce that kind of fruit in our life. You see, I believe God dreams amazing dreams over every person here in this, this room this morning. There's not one person in this room right now that God looks at and goes, Whew, they gave it their best shot. <laughs> but it's so easy to feel like that sometimes, right? I just gave it my best shot. He's done with me now. No, I believe he dreams amazing dreams over each one of us in this room right now. And we don't have to convince God to do amazing things with our lives. We don't have to convince God to do that. He already wants to. He already wants to. 
Sometimes I think we stay in a spot where we, we constantly try to convince God to do something with, amazing with our lives, and God's, God's screaming back at us, and he's saying, I want to do amazing things with your life. Now get on board with what I'm asking you to do. And we're all learning, we're all growing, absolutely, but we don't have to convince him. He already wants to do amazing things, but we have to learn to abide with him. We have to learn to have this relationship that isn't just, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning and God, I'll see you at 8 at night, whatever it might be. No, God calls us. He said, hey, if I abide in you and you abide with me, then I am there the whole time. That you're seeking my counsel. That you're recognizing that I'm there. Whatever it might be. Why? Because abiding doesn't mean here and there. It means to remain. To remain with one another. And we stay connected, but we have to learn to abide. The only way is to be connected with him. To be connected with him. Mary, could I have you come up? You see, for those of us who might be discouraged in here this morning, I felt like God just gave me a couple of verses for you. Do you mind if I share them? You see, because this whole abiding thing can be kind of scary whenever, when, 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 you know, if, if we feel like we're not in the right spot that God has called us to. You're thinking, I don't want God to abide with me with where I'm at right now. I'm, 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 I'm so messed up. He doesn't want to come where I am. Would How many know God finds us at our lowest and weakest points? Exactly how I started this off this morning. Our lowest and our weakest points. And he says, I choose to abide with you because... I know the dreams and the passions that I have for your life. The dreams of a future. We can quote quote Jeremiah here. But he has those dreams over each one of our lives. And it all starts with abiding with him, with saying, God, I know there's all sorts of things that are out there that are vying for my attention and vying for my love, whatever it might be. But God, today I'm going to choose to abide in you and you and me. That your love becomes something more than just talked about, but becomes something that's experienced so deep. He has that for each one of us this morning. And some of you may have started off this way, and you've kind of fallen back, and you say, I don't know, I feel kind of discouraged in here this morning. I've really been going after this whole thing for a while now, and I just feel like it hasn't led to much, or I've had good times, but now I'm just in this season. I want to remind you of Philippians 1 and verse 6 this morning. It says, it says that we are confident in this very thing, that he who began the good work in us, right? He is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began that good work. And you can think back in your mind right now, and you know when that good work started in each one of our lives, and, and life may have happened since then, right? Right? But I believe, and I hear God saying this morning that he is faithful and he who began that good work in each one of us in this room this morning, he is faithful to complete it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, it says, he who calls you, he who calls me is faithful. He is faithful who will also do it. And here's the deal is, is this morning, I know I came up here to visit a friend, my best friend, probably in all the world. I know I came up here to do that, but I also believe at the same time that, 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 that God sent me up here to, re, to remind you and to encourage you that he is faithful. He is faithful. Listen, you walk in this Christian life out, you can be discouraged, mess it up, all sorts of things, and think that God is completely done with you. I'm here to remind you that he's not. Okay? 
I'm here to remind you that he's not, that he is faithful. Just as he called you in the beginning, he's calling you now. And he's calling you to good works. And he's calling you to change the world that is around you. To see his impact in this community of Fife, Milton, and Edgewood. To see the name of Jesus become famous in this place, right? But how many know if he's going to become famous in this place, he has to become famous in you and me before he can do that. And so this morning, they're out of Philippians, that he who began the good work in us, he is going to be faithful and he calls us to abide with him so that his perfect will for our lives becomes a reality. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you even this morning that you choose to abide with us. God, that it was your idea to come and abide with us. But it's our choice either to say yes or no to that, Lord Jesus. So Father, I pray even, even this morning, God, that, that, that for the discouraged people in this room, Lord Jesus, that, that you would send hope even as a mighty and a rushing river back into their lives even now. Lord, let faith arise and let your enemies be scattered. Lord, that fear would be gone. Lord, that purpose would return. That faith would return, Lord Jesus. God, we love you. And we know that all these things only come from one place, and it's in that place where we abide with you and you abide with us. Lord, where we connect with you and you connect with us. So we thank you this morning. Lord, for choosing us. All of us in this room this morning. God, we did nothing to deserve it, but yet you still gave it. So we love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the good work that you've started in each one of our lives. And Lord, that you are going to be faithful to complete it. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.